Live from New York, this is, oh, wait a minute, wrong thing. <laughs> Live, more or less, from Las Vegas, this is Good Sports with Mark Anthony. I'm Rick Rosen. Welcome to the show. What's happening, Mark? You are Rick Rosen, man. Come on. You are the man. <laughs> well, getting at least I'm older man. by the day here, man. <laughs> Jesus. Getting older, older by the minute. Dude, you know, it's uh, as, as hard as we try to avoid that. It's a, it's a natural process, Mark. Let me see. We're still adjusting the camera. It might be too close here. How about if I sit back? Okay, that's better. Back. Um, back. Uh, yeah, Mark, thank you. <laughs> Why, is there a cliff behind me? Or yeah. What do you know? that <laughs> Right out the front door. Huh? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, thank you, Mark. Uh, you know, um, this is my last day of being 61. Next time I'm 61, well, I don't know. You know, I think we go through life, Mark, thinking, oh, yeah, shit, next time I'm 30, next time I'm 20, yeah. you know, and then, uh, I haven't I haven't hit that point where you make the U-turn and come back. So I'm just enjoying what the heck I have, Mark, which is an enormous amount of, of good things and, 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 and love and friendship, and I appreciate all, all that you do, but uh, you're a hell of a friend, so. Uh, thank uh, you. Thanks. I mean, it's like, for me, it's for me. It's like every day's a birthday. Honest to God, uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm content. We're working on some incredibly important things, Mark. Much more than I've ever done uh, before in my life. And the the safety barriers and the and, and the things that uh, get you to work with Doctor Sicking. And when you realize all that Dean has done, uh, <laughs> what's the what's the what are they looking for on YouTube to go see uh, the explanation? I mean, to, to watch him make that presentation. Uh, to the powers that be from boxing and, and, and mixed martial arts and the the bus stop people and uh, uh, assorted various uh, uh, species that were there. Um, we have uh, uh, this tremendous opportunity to be with Dr. Sicking and see the things that he's done. Uh, what's the name of that? Uh, what, what's the YouTube thing? Is anybody looking for? Do we have a link up on our site? We can. I can put one up. I'll do that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. And that's uh, that's Dr. Dean Sicking, the, the man who invented the, the safer barriers for uh, IndyCar racing and now NASCAR and uh, and uh, uh, Formula One. Every single track has uh, his soft walls, safer barriers installed all the way around the outsides. They would well, put them up on the insides, too. They're moving towards that. They just don't have enough product. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, that's that that's the funny thing about it is, you know, OK, they put up the safety barrier. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, whoever, whatever. <laughs> now, now they're like, why aren't they up? You know, they need to be everywhere. <laughs> they, they don't, don't have, have any. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, OK, two years ago, you guys couldn't spell safety barrier. Now you're begging for more of them. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of safety barriers, uh, Kyle Bush probably set back uh, the stock price on the people <laughs> to make to make the safety barriers uh, simply because he broke his he broke his his uh, foot and his leg hitting a part of the wall at Daytona uh, during the Xfinity race the day before the Daytona 500 and was out the first eleven races of the regular season. Made this amazing comeback, but he hit the wall that wasn't protected and came back from that. So I think some guys are saying, oh, what the hell do we need that safer barrier for? No, I don't think there's anybody actually doing no. that, Mark. Uh, what, a, what a popular uh, item it is and fundamentally changed uh, racing. Let a guy like Kyle Busch be, be as much Kyle Busch as he can be. You know, <laughs> used to be guys guys had, 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 had bigger balls than the car had had uh, uh, ability to uh, to not hit the wall and now they've said okay even if the car hits the wall it's not going to kill me and yeah. so i think guys guys are able to do uh make moves that we would not have seen otherwise and i think it's been a huge huge uh factor safety wise for the entire uh sport of auto racing no matter which discipline it is open wheel uh nascar drag racing all those kinds of things you know they had to shorten the track for drag racing because uh, guys, it just took too long to slow them down. They didn't have enough room, a quarter mile, and it took better than a mile, like runways for jets, to slow them down. So I think there's some some movement to put Dr. Sicking's invention at the end of the – just in case. <laughs> some, somebody's, somebody's brakes don't work as well as they should be. You know, that's an amazing thing when, when you think about the dragsters. Getting something to go 350 miles an hour in a quarter mile or under in 1,500 feet now is, uh, is a hell of an accomplishment. Getting it to slow down 
<laughs> to me, once you've gotten there, and, and we need to we need to get the guy out that's inside there strapped in uh, like uh, he was duct taped to a wall somewhere in some BDSM room or something. And you know, the guy gets out, and they, and uh, he has gone from zero to three hundred and fifty miles an hour or thereabouts, back to zero in seconds. Not in not in minutes, not in hours. Not I mean, that's what you think of plane flight. Okay, we're we're sitting here on the runway, and we're going to take off, and we're going to go about 350 miles an hour, and we're going to get to where the hell we're going uh, pretty quick, and then we're going to slow down from 350 miles an hour back down to zero and let everybody off. Okay. In a dragster, <laughs> that happens That happens in about 15 seconds, grand total, from the yeah. time the light comes on until the, until the vehicle stops and you can get out. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tremendous thing, and uh, again, that they're going too fast, which is exactly how the safer barrier was invented. Uh, I believe IndyCar Racing came to Doctor Sicking when he was at uh, University of Nebraska and said, "Hey, we can't we can't make the cars any stronger now. That's that's it. The guys are still dying inside in that cars that the monocoque design and the whole shooting match, and we're still we're still killing guys or tearing them up. And what can you do?" And he said, "Let me put my brain to it." And he did that, and it's a very uh, very very functional brain. What a what a tremendous man. Dr. Sicking is, and I mean, his whole life is dedicated to saving other people's lives, and he saves them anonymously, Mark, uh, and uh, IndyCar uh, put the wall up in Indianapolis, and I believe it was, I believe it was good old Kyle Busch was the first one to try out the damn thing, well, and, uh, so, so there's a, there's, there's a connection there, you know, he, he tries it out, he first one, first one back in the day, and, uh, and then comes, uh, comes full circle to where he wins the championship yesterday, and congratulations, Kyle Busch, uh, a, a proud Las Vegas, uh, Kurt, uh, his brother, who has, who has been a big influence on, on Kyle, they have not always gotten along, they've had some on-track things that have spilled over, but, uh, they are nonetheless brothers, and it, it is a this is a team victory if ever there was one. Uh, Joe Gibbs brings that to to NASCAR. I think with Coach Gibbs coming into NASCAR, it really put that team focus where guys maybe had more individualism. And I think you look at the you look at the pit stops, Mark, and, and, and the crews, and how they work out. They are specifically there for one job. It's like the the guard doesn't play tackle, and the tackle doesn't play tight end, and the, and so the the gas man does one thing, and the tire changer does one thing, and the jack man does one thing, and that's it. And they have this entire team, and I think a lot of that you trace back to when Joe Gibbs decided he wanted to give up football and, and get into auto racing. A lot of people thought that was a joke, Mark. Uh, when he first started, they thought, what's this guy know about auto racing? He's a football coach. You know, yeah. we, we don't have third and long. And uh, sure enough, they have third and long. They have Hail Marys. They have, he's brought a lot of that football mentality over to NASCAR. And uh, the guy that's, the guy that's been the biggest beneficiary of that uh, so far, uh, obviously Jimmy Johnson and, and, and the Hendrick Motorsports team bought into that. But you look at a guy like Kyle Busch, who now is the now is and I'll never take that back. He's the Sprint Cup champion, 2015. Jeff Gordon's last uh, uh, last go around. Kyle was a little apologetic about having to be the one that kept Jeff Gordon from going out like John Elway. But Kevin Harvick would have won it if, if if Kyle hadn't. Harvick ran second, defended his championship as much as you can. He came within one position on the racetrack of defending his championship. Uh, uh, Kevin Harvick's been a hell of a champion. Uh, he's he's been very good. Uh, he and Delana and and uh, uh, their child, uh, who uh, are are all very popular. The the kid has his own Facebook page, man, and uh, it's because dad runs around. It was cool to see Gordon with his uh, with his two kids. Last chance to have them, and he walked with this girl down uh, during driver intros and did all that and tried to share with the with his son who didn't. He sneezed. Yeah. Yeah. He was not. He was all that interest. Okay, then this means we got more time to go to Disney World or something. So, uh, but uh, once again, congratulations to Kyle Busch. Uh, he's always been proud to be a Las Vegas uh, product of Durango High School, as is my daughter-in-law. So. I don't know. Maybe maybe they shared a class yeah. together or something. Kurt uh, and and the whole Bush family and uh, it's a it's a victory. Uh, I mean, this is the home court for the Bushes. I uh, I've got a photo of of Kyle out at the bull ring in Victory Circle and he'd won his eighth 
main event of the year. And uh, they, uh, he really got the short end of the stick coming into NASCAR. I don't know if you're aware of that, Mark. <clears throat> Jack Roush had put Kyle on the, on the payroll, and he was going to move up, and I believe he was 16 years old. And somebody said, somebody somewhere said, that's an arbitrary thing, and we can't, we, we're not going to cross that line. I was and so they outlawed him. They moved yeah. it up to 18 when he was 17. He was old enough to, 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 to make the 16-year-old limit, and they moved it to 18. And so he had to cool his heels, and he had nothing else to do. He's a racer, so he raced everywhere everywhere that the, that they would allow him to race, and um, you know, he kind of like barnstormed that uh, that year that he couldn't he couldn't race for Jack Roush. Got into the trucks and the rest, as they say, is history. And when it came came time to put him in a in a in a cup car <clears throat> for the duration, you know, there was there's always more drivers than there are cars. And he kind of got lost in the shuffle. He went to Hendrick. He, you know, he was never the main guy. <clears throat> well, it's hard to say it, Joe Gibbs, that you're the main guy. But I'll tell you what, for today and then the, the foreseeable future, Kyle Busch is the main guy. What he did this year, coming back, missing 11 races, being forced to win a race and to make the top 30 in the points. Tough, tough to do after 11 races when everybody else has had 11 to make up that ground on you. And he had to be in the top 30 and had to do this and had to do that. And, and he did it. And he got on that hot streak during the middle of the, uh, you know, I mean, the, his first race back was Sonoma that he won. <laughs> and, of uh, you know, with two broken legs or re- at least recuperating from the from those kind of injuries, the foot and the leg, man, I don't know if there's a track on the circuit that gets any more uh, wear and tear to your feet and your legs than Sonoma. Every shift, everything you do is coordinated with your feet and all that. So I know Kyle wasn't wasn't uh, uh, comfortable, but uh, uh, you know he he toughed it out, man. And I'll tell you what, uh, he's a he's a, that's a changed man from the jerk that Kyle used to always be perceived yep. as being. And he was, uh, you know, uh, he was fiery, and he was uh, he sounded like a crybaby sometimes. All right, shut up and drive. And uh, I think Joe Gibbs and 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 JD Gibbs have been. Very, very good for Kyle Busch. I certainly think Samantha and Brexton have been very, very good for Kyle Busch. And at 30 years old, he's a he's a, a an elder statesman now. He's got his championship, and I think it's not going to be the only one he wins. Um, you know, maybe this is all he needed, and he will he will surpass uh, uh, old uh, six-time uh, Jimmy Johnson. You know, uh, Jimmy's still a very formidable opponent. I don't think he's done winning titles either. But uh, what a tremendous time! What the the talent that is available in auto racing now. Eric Jones won the truck, won the truck series at 19 years of age, and he's going to move up. Uh, uh, Kyle Larson uh, ran right up against that wall, and and I mean he, he's a he's a kid who's going to going to win some races. You look at this group. Chris Busher won the won the the truck series. Um, uh, he's a, or the, uh, Xfinity series, you know, he's a heck of a driver and you go on and on and on. These guys have to stay T- Tony Stewart's leaving this, this next year is going to be his last year. And there's going to be an open seat there. Uh, Clint Boyer wrecked out of his last race. He's going to move into Stewart's car after this year. And so there's always this movement, this almost like free agency in the NFL or baseball or whatever, Mark, but, uh, uh, you know, there's some huge talent out there. Uh, just waiting to get a ride, just waiting to get a sponsor. And unfortunately, talent doesn't always win out. Some guys have a relationship with whomever, whether it's Joey Logano and his the, the, his dad, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, it's all legitimate and it's all good. But if you bring the money, if you bring the sponsorship, you pretty much have a ride. And then we'll figure out if you can drive the damn thing or not. But we got to pay for it first, and that's kind of the, the where they're at in NASCAR. <laughs> Do you like the playoff and, format, Mark? Do you, pardon? Do you, well. Go ahead. Do you like the playoff format that they have going? Not really. You know, I, it, well, well, it's auto racing, okay? Just, yeah. you know, he who wins the most races wins the championship. I, you know, I never. Uh, well, that's why they give points for second place also, Mark. Well, in case a guy wins the most, but then, but then sucks the other races. You know, say they have 10 races and he wins five and then sucks in the other five. And the guy that finishes second in every race wins the championship. That's what Matt Kenseth did to win his championship. I don't believe Matt Kenseth won a race that entire year. He was much more a model of consistency. And so they said, screw this. We're not going to have a champion who didn't win a race. That's that's that that's just antithema to what we what, what we want to promote, and so they came up with the playoff system, and I think it remains a work in progress. But uh, 
Um, you know, it's like when Mark, you and I were there when Adriano Marias won his third championship due mainly to a change in the scoring in the playoffs and in, in how they crowned right. a champion. He, he won it the old way and the new way. And I asked him, you know, are you, are you now a fan of the points? No, <laughs> he was no more a fan, even though it had let him win his third. And, and he was the first guy to win three, uh, uh, pro bowl rider titles. And it was a playoff thing. And everybody looks and I think they see the playoffs as a, chance to, to, to make revenue and to, to move the sport forward. So you don't like it. Why don't you like it? It almost reminds me of college uh, football bowl games, you know, yeah. you know, you know, you go 40 bowl games. Yeah. It's like, okay, you are zero and 20, but because the AP writers liked you, you're number one in the nation. It's like, really? Yeah. The best Ohio team State is the one really that the has the most wins, not, not, not who gave the blowjob, the best blowjob to the, the AP reporter. Okay. Wait a second. Now they've, they have eliminated some of that with this four team playoff system, but okay. Okay. So the they don't have to swallow anymore. All right. They, well, listen, they use the, they use the old system. Let's vote guys vote that have not seen a team play. They vote going on last year's results or whatever. That's how Ohio state maintained their number one status this, this whole year until Michigan state beat them. And then now, now Sparty's got, okay, we beat the, we beat the, you know, we killed the King. How come I'm not the King? And <clears throat> they may yeah. not, they may not make the, the, the final four to make, to be in the playoffs. And, uh, before, you know, uh, Notre Dame's up there because they're Notre Dame because right? they're good. Let's, let's stick to NASCAR before we move to college football. What okay. happens in NASCAR. two weeks with NASCAR? Champions Week here in Las Vegas, and this is when, man, if you're if you're a NASCAR fan, <laughs> and because you can watch the races on TV, not oh, that it's yeah. not cool to be there in person, but how many can you afford to go to? So go to the one where you live, and that's all cool, and watch and be a fan. But if you want, if you really want to do the full experience and do that once in a lifetime thing, bucket list thing, come to Champions Week here in Las Vegas, because between. What happens down on Fremont Street with the red carpet and the, and the guys oh, coming, man. walking down? All 16 drivers will be there. All 16 chase drivers will be there. Um, you have a chance to, to meet and do the, you know, the selfie thing and all, all that nonsense. Um, and get autographs and, and meet them and, you know, and be they up do close it. and personal. They do it. And they do it. And they, they like do it. it. They you relish know, it. Yeah. They will, you know, they'll walk down that red carpet. They will stop, grab your cell phone, go click and hand it back to you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, they they're, are so wonderful cool about, about that. that. That is the cool. That is one of the coolest things about Champions Week, and with just NASCAR in general, is how they play yeah. with the fans. They do it. I you love know, that. Mark, you brought that up, and I think that's a very good point. If you watch Dale Earnhardt, when when we're out here in March and Dale Earnhardt's here, he seems already tired. And, and I mean, we're only the third or fourth race on the schedule, so it's not like there's a you know it's it's gotten old already. But you can see Dale Earnhardt, people uh, shove stuff in front of him to sign, and he hardly looks at him, and, 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 and he'll hand it right back. And, you know, it's it's this kind of deal, and uh, or this kind of deal, whatever it is. And he, he, there's, there's very little interaction. And he doesn't seem, he genuinely, genuinely does not seem to enjoy that at all. That, that interaction between him and the fans is not something that I've ever seen really make him smile much, except during Champions Week. And when he's walking down that red carpet and somebody will have a, a cutout of him or a poster they made or whatever. And, you know, it's hard not to smile. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. actually comes down there and he'll smile with people. And, and he does sign autographs and he will stop and have a word with somebody who's gone way out of their way to show their their, their loyalty to him and, 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 you know, all that. So it is cool to see these guys get to do it. You know, our last time to see Jeff Gordon. If you want to see Jeff Gordon in a NASCAR event, this is it. Champions Week, uh, uh, December second uh, through the fourth here in Las Vegas. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You know, go stand on the red carpet there at the win where they have the banquet. What a cool thing that is! Oh man, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that you know. Now, 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 <laughs> see all the guys this tall with with their wives and girlfriends that are this tall, and thinking, I bet slow dancing is a very, very popular thing amongst NASCAR drivers. Well, it's also <laughs> funny because the one year that I did cover the red carpet, you know, these guys are all cleaned up, they're shaved, they're oh, yeah. they're in in suit coats, and their wives or girlfriends are just 
drop dead gorgeous. And you literally need to have the media guy to go, Oh, that's what he looks like. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, you know, because we're not used to seeing him clean. Yeah. We used to see him in a helmet in a car. Yeah. And, and at a distance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a, re- I think it's a really cool thing. And uh, I'm glad it's at the win. And, uh, um, you know, uh, we don't, we don't need money grubbers in, in the deal. So, okay. Um, now, regardless of the new facilities. Yes. <laughs> now we do, but, have do we to- do college basketball yet and football and hold on, hold on. If you come out for okay. this event, okay, on the VegasTours.com YouTube site, the most popular videos are the burnout and the um, and the uh, uh, holler parade. But the burnout just gets a ton of traffic. And I, so if you're going to come out to watch them drive down the strip and do the burnouts, get there early and wear That's a right. jacket. Going to get cold. Get a room but, at the TI or, or the Venetian, <laughs> or maybe maybe the win up top. Dude, don't go over to Encore because you won't see nothing. Because but, uh, yeah, when they come down to Spring Mountain in Vegas, because the NASCAR fans will get there three hours early. They will be camped out on that curb with their you know their their igloo coolers and their chairs and and you know so yeah, get there early because you want a good spot. It's really fun to that's, watch. It's cool. That's called the KJ system. <laughs> so so you want to get there early <laughs> really freaking early so not that start early. heading out about now <laughs> really i bet she's packed i bet she's packed and ready to go she's going to cover it this year um anyhow uh mark it, it it has been a wonderful season for nascar it started off very very with that that, that dark cloud of kyle bush and his injury uh, where he hit an unprotected part of the wall at, at Daytona on the inside and bounced off the safety barrier, wasn't hurt at all. Uh, once he hit that inside wall head on, you know, and that's a long ways to travel from the outside wall <laughs> all the way across the infield and the grass and everything, and then hit the hit the unprotected wall. But uh, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened to Kyle. I'm glad he won the championship to kind of make up for that. Uh, he took a he took one for the team because it spurred them to want to put the safer barriers everywhere. The only thing they can't do is buy enough. Uh, they're, they're, the production facilities, I believe, there are two of them in America, cannot keep up with demand. And, uh, yep. so, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a wonderful thing that's, that saves people's lives, but you have to have them in place before it does that Mark. Yeah. So, um, couple things, Mark, uh, before we got, get off into the morass that is college football again, the NHL for their all-star game has gone to a three on three. Now you're from Minnesota and you've seen guys yes. out there on the pond and when kids play, that's what they play is three on three. If they've got, they have a, goal, a goalie and two guys, and the other the other team has a goalie and two guys, and uh, this is actually they call it three on three. I believe there's going to be four of them. They're going to have uh, a wing uh, and and uh, or a center and two wings, and a goalie and a center and two wings and a goalie, and they're uh, they're going to have this three on three tournament for the All Star game. I don't know. I think the score is probably going to be in the sixties. <laughs> 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 going to be like your run-of-the-mill basketball game. Um, but anyway, I mean, there's certainly a hell of a lot of ice. Uh, hopefully there's not a lot of icing in that stuff, but three-on-three three seems to be the way to go. And uh, the NBA is looking at doing something with their all-star game also, Mark, in that, <clears throat> I mean, there is no defense. It's it's just that that continuous run up the floor and throw a guy an alley-oop or, or do something or get out of the way. Here comes LeBron or whatever, and it has very little – similarity to basketball other than the fact they're on a basketball court and there are guys in shorts and 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 sleeveless shirts uh and uh, trying to get a ball in the basket but it's not it's not a real basketball game so uh you know they're they're tweaking and doing whatever they can but the nhl is going to try the three-on-three all-star game and nobody watched the the last year had terrible viewership uh, on tv it's it's hard to follow something that that big uh you know on tv uh, yeah. when you got a football that big, it's easier. When you got a basketball that big, it's easier. When you got a puck that big and it, it's, it's harder. And with modern technology and high def TV and all that, uh, it's available, but I think they probably lost a generation of people that could have been, uh, spoon fed on that and would be, would be used to it. Now they kind of have to get them back into the fold. And I think that's what they've done with their all-star tournament. And hopefully it's a big success. <clears throat> I like hockey. I don't think we're going to get a team here. I think if we were, the NHL wouldn't have gone way out of their way to say, "Hey, be patient. Don't, 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 don't 
send out any flyers yet for uh, uh, opening night because I don't think it's going to happen, Mark. I think they're going to have to do it more than one city at a time. And I think we're going to have this arena that would be a great place for the Wranglers to play or whatever. And they can't afford to turn on the lights in the place without a, without a major league team. So, um, you know, they could paint it white and give it a trunk and a tail and call it what it is. And, uh, uh I'll be, I'll be interested to see how that works out without it. You know, they did that. If you build it, they will come. And the NHL said, no, not so fast there. Maybe, maybe not, you know, um, it's like, it's like the, like the, the, the sergeant uh, has, has his troops out there and the, the CQ runs up and says, Hey, listen, he says, uh, 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 Cor- Corporal Jones's mother just died and uh, you have to break the news to him. And he says, okay, everybody's whose mothers are still alive. Says, take one step forward. He says, you Jones, not so quick. And it, it seems to me the same thing that the, the NHL has told, has told Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, it's a beautiful ah, place, and so we'd love to come oh, there. And oh, you Mr. flat Earth people! Of dollars. <laughs> you flat Earth people are just oh, right off the edge, huh? Yep, yep. <laughs> um, you did all, you watch? Uh, you all, we, we talked you about all look, college football enough. You more. all looked at Henry Ford and said that'll never work. Four <laughs> wheels never work. <laughs> I was, I was the one that told the Wright brothers, "Are you out of your freaking minds? That'll never fly." <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, so, um, anyway, okay. college, college. college football, Mark, we're, we're going to have to do a, a, a whole uh, series on college football. And one of the things that I believe we're planning on doing is talking to our friend Johnny Avello at the win. Yeah. Speaking of the win, uh, maybe maybe we'll do that during when we go to pick up our, uh, our credentials there uh, for the uh, uh, Champions Week. Then we can talk to Johnny Avello and see what he thinks about this convoluted, like I say, if you're going to have the playoffs, have the playoffs. Yes, but there's more than four deserving teams. There's more than four teams that could, under the right circumstances, win a single game for a for a championship. The fact that they have to win two games, okay, that eliminates most of the pretenders. You have to win back to back games against top four opponents. Good, but, but Notre Dame's in the in the hunt for no reason. They lost to Clemson handily. I mean, it wasn't like Clemson had a great deal of trouble with them. You knew that. You knew Notre Dame had lost that game by the middle of the second quarter. So. Uh, and Clemson being number one, Notre Dame is still in the hunt because they're Notre Dame, not because they're good. They, right. they, they are a very good football team, but they're not in the top four, I don't believe. Iowa is undefeated, but their quality of opponents, and particularly in the Big Ten, problem. Oklahoma's playing well now, and I think the system doesn't account for teams that, that had a problem, whether it was injuries or newness or whatever it is, and now towards the end of the season, the best college football team may very well not make the playoffs. So they're going to have to expand, Mark, or leave deserving teams out. And they will not have a legitimate champion until all of the legitimate contenders can make the tournament. You know, NASCAR expanded to 16 cars to get everybody that had a legitimate shot, a legitimate claim to maybe being a NASCAR champion, you've done enough, makes the chase. They don't leave anybody out that's got a viable chance. Number right. 16's really got no shot. But as the, as with this year, okay, something happened. And Kyle Busch wasn't around, and now at the end of the year. So same thing with football. Whether you're, you you get a guy hurt in spring training or, or spring practice or whatever happens, some teams gel towards the end of the year. Those are the teams. Ohio State did it last year. They were down to their third-string quarterback. But everybody else had played together so much that they covered and they played very well as a unit. It almost it, it, it almost made it better that they had they had the injury problem and and, and the loss and, or uh, whatever it was that got them there. Whatever <laughs> motivated them certainly seemed to work. So this year, I think we're going to leave out some deserving teams if we only have a four mark. Okay. If you say Clemson's a given, okay, Alabama, the defending, you know, I mean, the, these guys played in the championship game last year, so that's two. They're gonna they're gonna if Alabama wins out, they're in. Clemson and Alabama. So the the Big 12, because they don't have a championship game, is going to get left out of the dance again. And you're either going to have Oklahoma or Oklahoma State who play <clears throat> coming up shortly. And one of them is going to emerge with only one loss. And they're going to be left out. And either of those teams that beats the other one, I mean, Oklahoma's only loss was the Texas in that idiotic Red River rivalry. They should never have lost to a crappy Texas team. But they did. And if not, they, you know, and maybe they've kind of slipped under the radar, but somebody's going to get left out of the dance that belongs. 
And I think it's unfortunate. The West Coast gets the short end of the stick there. UCLA looks like a team that could certainly win two in a row. Uh, they, they have a very, very good quarterback who happens to be named Josh Rosen. I'm sure. I, I don't know if I if I got around his neck of the woods 18, 19 years ago, but uh, I would like to think that there's some family relationship there. But uh, Oregon, Oregon's playing great now. I mean, they, they just are riding roughshod over people uh, to get that offense clicking. So you've got some teams, Mark, that I think college football needs to expand and say, okay, let's let the real ones in and figure out how to do it. But yeah, you've got guys voting on the, on the, the people that qualify that can make <laughs> the dance uh, that have never seen them play. And that, that's tough. I mean, college football takes a long time. You can see baseball players and you can see different, you know, different this and different that because they play baseball more often and basketball goes, you know, four nights a week when they only play once a week. Your, your options are pretty limited on how much you can watch. And if you're only watching on TV, I mean, how many games can you see in one, in one down south where there's a, there's a college every eight or ten miles? You know, you can only go to so many games. And so these guys are voting on, on what they've read and what they, what they know from other people uh, saying, whether it's newspapers or, or sports center or, or, or whatever it is, Mark. So I don't think it's totally fair. Uh, I don't know if they'll ever find a perfect uh, system, but what they've got going now, much like Obamacare, okay, it was a good thought and it's a good idea, but I don't know how workable it is. You need to, you know, we need to go back and tweak all the things that are wrong there and and see if we can make this uh, function better. And uh, Obamacare was all uh, wrong from day one, but okay. I think it was, well, again, Mark, I think, I don't think it's a bad idea to have everybody insured. Uh, but how the hell do we do it? It's like say, sending sending back the the illegal aliens. Okay, that's a hell of an idea. How do you accomplish that? You know, we I don't I don't maybe Noah's not using the ark anymore. There we'll just is put them on there by twos out in the Mojave Desert with about a <laughs> hundred empty jets. You fuel them up. Yeah. You load them up. Boom. Eisenhower did it. How, uh, we have how done do it. We, how do we route? Where do, where do we start handing out boarding passes for, for the go home go home uh, airlines? I mean, uh, again, we're, we're not going to get into that. But do, like I say, people people come up with these. It's same as wars and stuff like that. People come up with these great ideas, and how do we do it? Oh wait, wait a minute. Now there's a problem. You know, anytime I've I've run companies or or uh, when I ran the football league mark the nevada youth football league i was the commissioner and people would come and bitch and i would say okay if you're going to come and bitch then tell me what you say there this is a problem tell me what the curious tell me what you think we need to do to make that better well you need to do something okay i'm doing something i'm asking you what the hell you want me to do so exactly yeah and that's and, and that's where I, that's where I think they are, Mark, in, in college football. Uh, college basketball does it right. Sixty-eight teams. I guarantee you, the legitimate national champion is in that group of sixty-eight. Do they always win? No, but they had a chance to win. And I think that's a I think that's a a, a, a big difference, Mark. And uh, leaving some of these teams out, forty frickin' Division One bowl games, eighty teams are not. Not worth uh, extra credit, which is what a bowl game is. And uh, coaches love the bowl games. They get a whole extra month of practice with next year's team. The seniors, okay, good. You guys already know what the hell you're doing. Get out of the way. <laughs> Let the sophomores and juniors and whatever freshmen are around come in and get the reps and get the get the practice. So what you see is kind of a is 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 kind of a, a audition for next year for these teams and coaches, like I say, they get a whole extra month of practice between the end of the regular season and when their bowl games are. And so the coaches love it, but 40 bowl games, Mark, name them. You know, when <laughs> name a few. When I was a kid, there was the big four. There was the Rose bowl, the orange bowl, uh, the sugar bowl and the cotton bowl. That was it. And they were all played on new year's day and you got up early in the morning and, and you had leftover Turkey or whatever it was. And the, and the, your Christmas candy and all that stuff. And then you watch football the entire day and the orange bowl, uh, was, was the latest of the group and, uh, or the sugar bowl sometimes, but you watch all four of the cotton bowl, uh, Rose bowl, sugar bowl, and, and the orange bowl kind of in that order, Mark. And, then, then along came the Gator Bowl, 
and the Tangerine Bowl. Those were the two that I remember. And then the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl. And then the Poulin Weed Eater Bowl. And the, the, the I've got a name that I can't pronounce, Bowl. And they started, and everybody See, wanted to get in on it. And it's crappy football. Correct. They rip people off. Correct. And I think, you know, we've gone down this road many, many times. You know, I mean, what the uh, Vegas Bowl here was once the the Sunshine Tint Company and Storm Door Bowl <laughs> game. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, <laughs> we come back to the problem, I think, is in the fact that that the NCAA sees this as a ATM. Cash cow. It's a cash yeah, Absolutely. So yep. the more bowl the games we have, you know, <laughs> you know, and so yeah, you got to have the pot, you know, you got to have the popular teams play the big bowls because that's what everyone knows. The uh, Notre Dame's and all that, whether or not they have a crappy team, it doesn't matter. We know it's Notre Dame. I'm going to watch it, and yeah. that's going to bring in oh. the money. Where okay, this team here has the best record, but it's you know it's some town in Nebraska that nobody's heard of. You know, people yeah. are so yeah, it's you know, they, again, they have bowl games in Boise, Idaho, Mark. They yeah. have bowl game. You know, I mean, honest to God, it was a it was a good idea when it first started. You know, Notre Dame didn't play in bowls for the longest time because their their coach, Knute Rockney, and I believe that's the correct pronunciation of his name, Knute Rockney, took the Notre Dame team to the Rose Bowl and took a month. <laughs> instead of having practice at Notre Dame and then letting the guys go to class and then taking off to California, he went to California for a month with the whole team. And I'm pretty sure that was expensive. And I'm pretty sure guys didn't get good grades <laughs> following that. And so the, the powers that be at Notre Dame did not let them play in another bowl game. It was like 40 or 50 years before Notre Dame got to play in a bowl game. And uh, it was just before Joe Montana started playing there. And uh, they finally relented and let them play. I think Montana played in only the third or fourth uh, bowl game that Notre Dame had been allowed to play in in, in most of that century. And so <laughs> it was just because oh, they they were just begging Notre Dame. You have so many alumni and so many people that, that that associate with themselves with Notre Dame. Even if you didn't go to Notre Dame, you like Notre Dame. If you you know if you were Catholic or Irish or or drank a beer on on St. Patrick's Day or whatever it was, Notre Dame just has that mystique. Maybe we'll blame that on Ronald Reagan, you know. The there you go. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but but anyhow, um, it, it just kind of it just kind of exploded, and now, oh God, we we've got to win this last game so we'll be bowl eligible. That makes you six and six, or six five and one, or whatever the you know whatever it is. Has six wins in a whole football season does not mean you should get extra dessert. You know, if they, I think if they whittled it down to a reasonable 20 postseason bowl games would be plenty to incorporate every deserving football team for the most part. And, you know, maybe they, they leave one, put a bowl game somewhere and say, okay, well, this is for the left out of the real fun deal and, and people that got the short end of the stick bowl or something. And you guys can play on short notice. Get the, get the band back together. You know, we'll yeah. meet on Saturday and we'll go, you know, bring the, you got any cheerleaders that aren't home for Christmas, bring them with you. Uh, so I don't know what they're doing, but I think 40 bowl games, Mark, there are yeah. not 80 good football teams in, in, in there are not 80 great football teams which is what's supposed to happen in a bowl the undefeated you know the one loss blah 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 no it's a six six and six and who did they lose to oh podunk state <laughs> and little sisters of the poor gave them a hell of a run but they they pulled that one out you know so <laughs> so any, anyway i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of that many bowl no. games mark and uh, no. you know you go you go to the race and sports books and you you look at the sheets and you start when they start doing props on the bowl games and all that stuff. You're like, Oh my God, that's, that looks like a volume of the encyclopedia Britannica. It's, it's just the props, you know? So anyhow, uh, moving on and let's stay in the football <laughs> mode. Uh, you may have seen the, the, the passing of the torch mark, uh, by the way, <clears throat> yesterday was the day that, uh, that, uh, president John F. Kennedy, 52 years ago, uh, was assassinated. Tomorrow is the day that Lee Harvey Oswald, was assassinated himself. Um, you know what goes around comes around. It came around pretty quickly, a couple days. And uh, uh, Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on my tenth birthday, Mark, and I was in my uh, 
parents' bedroom. My dad was tying my tie. It was a Sunday. My dad was tying my tie to uh, get me ready for church, and we were going to go and then come back and eat, and I was going to open gifts and do all that stuff. And 10 years old and, you know, finally made double digits, and uh, uh, I, I can remember I can, li- I can literally hear my dad saying, look. And, you know, all I had to do was lift my head up, and you seen Jack Ruby just, just – jam that gun out like that and you're thinking i don't think he's punching him and you know then then chaos broke out and that was to me it was the it was the changing of the guard in america it really was the, and that's what they called it the torches passed and that's why the the eternal flame burns at john kennedy's grave i think we may have seen something similar to that yesterday mark i think the denver uh, uh broncos may have seen the passing of that torch <clears throat> at least uh uh, uh, all signs indicate that Peyton Manning may not be able to come back. Uh, you know, he's a, I don't know if he wants to come back and get hurt again, because that's, what's going to happen. Uh, that offense line, offensive line really couldn't stop me and you, uh, for the most part, Mark and sure stuff. They, they went to, uh, they, they couldn't do much on offense. They went to Chicago, a tough place to lose in November in late November. And, uh, and, uh, they beat up the, they, they beat the bears and, 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 uh, Brock Osweiler, uh, he of the basketball, uh, body, uh, came in and, uh, and took over and did a heck of a job. And he had the Broncos out to the lead. They never looked back. He kept it. He kept his poise. He performed about as well as you can, you think somebody can do in their debut in a tough, tough place with the Broncos coach from last year, John Fox coaches the bears. So it wasn't like they were unknown quantities. I don't know if anybody has a bigger advantage than the guy that coached you know, 90% of that team was, was John Fox's, uh, deal, uh, until he left, uh, until John Elway said, thanks. Uh, we'll see you later. So, uh, much as Tom Brady stepped in, uh, for Drew Bledsoe when Bledsoe was hurt, they haven't looked back and, the, the hall of fame awaits him. I don't know if Brock Osweiler has a, a spot already dusted off in the hall of fame, but he, it's, this is his opportunity. That's what you need. You know, some, some wonderful talent has, has way, pined away, behind better talent and you could be the second best player in the league but if the first best player in the league plays the same position on the same team you're out of luck and uh, look at joe montana and steve young uh there you know with the niners that happened um uh, both guys uh super bowl winning quarterbacks and one was sitting behind the other and uh, so these things uh, have a way of working themselves out but uh, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, you just don't pick up guys <laughs> that can protect the Peyton Manning and let him play at, at a Pro Bowl level off the waiver wire. Ryan Clady, their uh, all-pro uh, tackle, went down, and uh, they've missed him. They, they, you just can't put an offensive line together from, from everybody else's discards. They wouldn't be discards if they could play. So uh, the Broncos have done quite a bit, but Brock Osweiler came in there and really, really showed – a lot of people that he's a viable uh, uh, replacement for Peyton Manning. If in fact, this is the swan song for Peyton Manning. I think this, uh, if it's not his last year uh, by his choice, it's going to be by somebody else's choice. I don't think the Broncos can afford to pay 18 million bucks to a guy holding a clipboard and watching Brock Osweiler play. So I, I don't think Peyton Manning wants to go anywhere else. It's either going to be Denver or, or, or Indy. And I don't think Indy wants him back. Uh, nobody can afford to pay that much, and I think Peyton's going to go out gracefully and 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 as classily as as the rest of his uh, career has been. I think he's going to do it just uh, just uh, the same thing with with football, and I think he'll be a you know we're we're not going to do without Peyton Manning. He's going to be in commercials. He's going to be broadcasting. He's going to be doing a lot of things, and it would not surprise me to see him follow John Elway and get into ownership and management and those kind of things. But uh, anyway. Uh, Peyton Manning uh, uh, left home. Him, uh, Demarcus Ware. Ware will be back and playing. He just dinged up. Peyton Manning's got some things wrong with him, whether it's the torn plaster uh, fasciitis in his foot, and all the other things that he has that that limit his mobility. It's a perfect storm because his offensive line means that you got to be mobile, or you're going to get hurt. So he gets hurt and becomes even less mobile, and then the offensive line now they're taking holding penalties and 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 putting him in a in, in a you know second in twenty five. Uh, nobody, there aren't no plays in your playbook to do second twenty, second twenty five, third and eighteen. Those kind of things that a porous offensive line 
um, uh, put you in. And so it, it really has been the perfect storm. Uh, Peyton Manning's been a hell of a player, a uh, great family. It's kind of too bad that <laughs> Eli's got two Super Bowls and, Manning, and Manning's only got one. But unless the Broncos do something incredibly amazing in this second half of the season, he ain't going to get number two. Uh, not as a player anyway. So, um, and you know, Elway's going to have to wait and they're going to have to see if Brock Osweiler can, can step in or it's going to be, uh, you know, garage sale time. And, uh, so, uh, anyway, Mark, before we, uh, before we get too, too, too far gone, <clears throat> a young man of 91 named Mal Whitfield. Does that name ring a bell? No. Mal Whitfield was, was pretty much, uh, another version of Jesse Owens. He was a, an American Olympian. A black man who won three gold medals in the Olympics. He was a Tuskegee Airman and and fought in the war and and uh, very uh, you know decorated in the whole shoot match. He passed away this last week, <clears throat> but Mal Whitfield was a was a middle distance runner. I believe he was the American record holder in the uh, uh, half mile at the time. And now they're down to eight hundred meters. Uh, but uh, um, you know, uh, we just want to, we just want to pass along our, our thoughts and prayers to his family. And, uh, uh, you know, they don't come along very often, like a yeah. guy like Mal Whitfield, three, three gold medals and, uh, and, uh, return for more. So, uh, yeah. that's a good thing. What do you think about the, about the Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors now at 15 and 0, they beat the Nuggets last night, which, uh, uh, you know, they they have now tied the record for most wins at the start of a season. People are stupidly. Saying, "Oh, they're gonna they're they're gonna make the set, get the seventy two wins, and at least tie the Bulls." And I don't think they've got a shot at doing that. I think um, it's such a long season, and they play. You know, Mark, we saw half that damn team here with Basketball <laughs> USA. Uh, we did. Steph yeah, we Curry, did. Uh, Clay Clay Thompson, uh, uh, Green. Um, I mean, you 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 look. There's there's a lot of those guys that have played nonstop, nonstop. Okay. That that adds up, and uh, you know a, a tweaked ankle here, and a, and a this and that there. I mean, they're doing this. Steve Kerr, their coach, is not even there. Luke Walton, you talk about auditioning good, <laughs> even though they're the defending uh, uh, NBA champions, defending world champions. Luke Walton has stepped in, and he's got his team off to fifteen and zero. I'm pretty sure somebody with a crappy basketball team is going to say, "Hey, listen." Uh, we got to give this guy a chance. You know, he got he he stepped into a tough situation, and it has hasn't screwed him up. And uh, I think for a lot of a lot of times, coaches do more trying to do too much. They screw up the talent that they have. Let them play basketball. Basketball is a simple game. You know, uh, put the ball in the basket and don't let the other guy do the same thing. And, and that's <laughs> pretty much it. And uh, uh, you know. Um, uh, you have you have the talent. If you don't screw that up, you're gonna you're gonna go far. And uh, uh, Luke Walton's done a hell of a job. Uh, you know, Bills Bills kids doing them doing them proud and uh, kind of cool. Uh, uh, Steph Curry and and uh, his dad, uh, Del Curry, who was a tremendous shooter, and now he's playing for Luke Walton, whose dad, Bill Walton, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play. If his if his feet had held up held together, I think. Uh, uh, you know, he, he he might still have records in the books that would be very, very hard to beat. But, uh, you know, it wasn't to be. But I think it's kind of a cool, uh, you know, uh, circumstance. And, and uh, uh, Thompson, Clay Thompson, his dad, Michael Thompson, you know. So there's there's that, that second generation, kind of like kind of like NASCAR. There's that second generational thing, I think, much more uh, dominant in, in basketball uh, than it is in football. You know, you get Matthews, Clay Matthews, and has every. You know, I think every team had a Matthews on it uh, for a while there. Every team in the in the uh, NFL had a Browner on it. Uh, your guy Joey at uh, at Minnesota was one of like seven Browners <laughs> to play in the NFL. But for the most part, I think I think basketball does kind of lend itself to kids are brought up uh, that way. That's what they play. Uh, have you seen LeBron James's kid play? Saw the in a video. Yeah, the acorn didn't fall very far no, from the tree, and no. I don't know. I don't know what his what his final size is going to be. That's that's much more up to God <laughs> than me. But I'm telling you, if the kid has any size at all, he's already you know he's already got some 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 mad skills, and uh, you know he's going to be working on his game. And uh, you know the the bad thing people think, well, yeah, you're LeBron's kid, and you get to do this and do that. I, you know, LeBron's not around much. He's no. off making Nike commercials when he's not playing basketball, when he's not playing basketball for USA uh, basketball and the Olympics and all those kinds of things. So I don't know that he's a huge presence. 
uh, on a day-to-day basis, at least, uh, for, for his kids. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I hope I hope I, I get to watch their uh, their their transition from from youngsters to players because you know LeBron was on the front cover of of Sports Illustrated in eighth grade. Mark, wow, and, uh, they got it right. Well, they got it right. You can see that talent early. I forgot who it was. Um, if it was Jordan's kid or or. Uh, somebody like that, but I remember seeing a interview with one of the greats' kids, and they looked at the guy like he's my dad. He's you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. To this kid, he's not this god of basketball. He's the guy that I sit across the table and he slaps me when I chew with my mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, he's just dad to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, again, Mark, I, I I think it's cool to see the, these guys and and that relationship. You know, one of the one of the neatest things I ever did was uh, interviewed Ryan Couture, and Randy Couture had just finished on uh, on MMA Junkie, uh, the show that preceded ours, the Mandalay Bay. We were about to go on the air, and Randy was getting off and and, and walking out. And I said, "Hey, w- uh, you know, Ryan's going to be here in a couple minutes. Uh, uh, would you like to do a few minutes with him?" He said, "Man, I don't have very long." He says. Yeah, but I have never done a radio interview with him. He said, that might be cool. So I said, okay, stick around. So Ryan showed up. And five minutes later, we sat down and did an interview with Ryan and Randy. And Ryan brought that to mind that he's not Randy Couture to me. He's dad. And, you know, Mark, that, that does kind of kind of make you think differently uh, uh, than, than what you were just thinking just before that moment. You're right. This is this kid's dad. And, I, you know, I was asking Randy about how he felt about Ryan getting in there and knowing the damage and the and the effort that it takes and, and the the liability that, that, that injuries and, and those things become as you, you know, you, you don't, nobody's, nobody's not hurt in MMA. And, uh, I then I, it then opened my eyes to hey you know what what is it like to sit there and watch your dad get pummeled you know he he got knocked out by Chuck Liddell he got he you know he won the first fight with Chuck in in one of the greatest trilogies ever in in MMA and then Chuck beat him the the next two and the Iceman and, and you know you talk to Ryan about what's it like to sit there and watch your dad your hero uh, you, you know lose and he said man it hurt. You know, I mean, it was just a, and you could tell that was a, that was not a sports thing. That was a, that was a father son thing. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Final topic. Okay. Off since, topic. We're in, in <laughs> since we're in the UFC, since we're in the UFC, what do you think? Rhonda. Rhonda got <clears throat> every, every combat sport I've ever been in, Mark. They've always had a lucky punch, a lucky this, a lucky that. When you're in there, and you're in with a viable opponent, you are prone to getting hit with something you weren't prepared for. That's the sport. I want to do to you what I want to do, and I want to make you not be able to do to me what you want to do. That's how you win. I get to impose my will on you. If I can do it both offensively and defensively, 99.9% of the time I'm going to win. Rhonda might have been not training as diligently as she should have or would have liked to simply because of the opportunity to cash in on her fame when she did and god bless her and it comes back to haunt you holly home had nothing else to do but but train for Rhonda. yeah Rhonda had not as much time as she should have taken with holly home it was the perfect storm uh ronda was not prepared for that kick Rhonda was not prepared to just get as as Mike Tyson used to say. Plans change when you hit somebody, <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> you see there and and you saw you saw that Holly was not intimidated. She was not going to give up her arms to Rhonda. She was throwing jabs and getting that arm away. You're not going to take me. You're not going to out judo me. And Holly home really left Rhonda no alternative but to stand and fight. And, uh, and God bless her. Rhonda did. Uh, she tried everything she could, she could think of to do. And, and Holly with that kick, that was about as vicious a head kick as I've seen. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, women can't hit us. The, the physiology of, of a fist is that a woman's fist breaks or damages before it can transfer the power of a punch. A man's fist is much stronger, much more capable of taking a punch, absorbing the the impact that delivering a punch does to your hands. So women are not near as prone to do the damage with their hands 
that men are. On the other hand, kicking-wise, women don't have all the constraints that men have with their legs and can throw with, with considerable force, can throw a kick out there that lands at least as hard as, as a man's kick does, if not more so, because of their physiology. So what they lose in, in, in fist-wise, they well make up for with, with legs, and that's what Rhonda caught, man. <laughs> she caught that baby, whack, and now they're saying, oh, it caught her in the throat. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered if it caught her in her nipple. That was going to hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that was just that was just the vicious, well-planned, well-timed, well-placed kick. And uh, all hail Holly Holm. I think it's going to be a great rematch. I think Ronda will work with some boxing people. I know uh, from rumors are that uh, a young man like Freddie Roach may have an interest in helping Ronda with her boxing. <clears throat> that being said, it was not boxing that beat Ronda. It was a kick. And maybe we'll have to get Mark Beecher, the hyena, in there and uh, and, and work with Ronda on her kicks. But I think I, I don't have any question whatsoever, Mark, that there's going to be a rematch. Oh, hell yeah. And it's going to be highly anticipated. And, and man, you've got to hope that Ronda wins. Because sports I want to see the third one. I want to see. <laughs> yeah, those, so the sports books do too. One and one. And you know, Mark, it hasn't been that long since we were at the we were at the Mandalay Bay and Reed Harris was walking by and he had the WEC and and uh, we invited him in and I really had no idea who he was. And uh, 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 he sat there and did the interview with us and uh, I think George finally sent me a note. He's the, he's the the CEO of the WEC and they were just getting bought out by uh, the UFC and. Uh, we talked about the little guys and how it's time for uh, for Jose Aldo and those those guys that fight in this. You know, they're just lighter versions of UFC fighters, and they got assimilated in. And I asked him about the babes, <laughs> and he he was not happy that I'd asked him about women in the combat sports, in, in particularly mixed martial arts. And um, I mean, he wasn't so much mad as puckered up that oh my god, I said the magic words. Are you going to allow women in? And uh, uh, you know that it was it was really the you were the antichrist if you had the if you brought that up at one of the at one of the UFC meetings and sure enough here they are and their biggest star is Ronda Rousey now if she wins it continues but now they're going to have to make lemons lemonade out of the lemons that they got from Holly Holm and they're going to have this rematch and again I think it's it's much to the benefit of the sport that Ronda wins. I, I don't think Holly's as, as personable. I don't think she's as marketable as Ronda Rousey. No, no. But if they can do this Ali Frazier thing and you win one and I win one, that third one's going to be a hell of a fight. And, uh, you know, it may be a very defining moment in the sport. But, uh, you know, you got two two pretty good-looking women in there uh, slugging each other. That'll draw a crowd in a parking lot at 7-Eleven. That'll sell. <laughs> Much less on pay-per-view and all that. So, um, All right. All right, Mark. I guess that's about it, huh? Yep. Kobe Bryant's done, man. I told you oh. before we wrap up. I told you. He's gone. If he doesn't get to be Kobe anymore, he's not going to play. And uh, I'm almost positive this is Kobe's last go-round. He's not Kobe Bryant anymore. Uh, he doesn't have the legs, which is what he shot off of. And he's having to learn a whole new game. And uh, that's easy. That's not even really easy to do when you're in school, when you're junior high or high school or college. It's sure as hell not easy to do in the NBA, and I don't think Kobe needs it. I don't think he needs the money. I don't think he's I, – I, I just don't think if he doesn't get to be Kobe anymore, he's going to stick around and play. So you better get a good look at him. Tony Stewart, Kobe Bryant, we, we're going to miss Jeff Gordon. You want to see him one more time. December uh, uh, 2nd through the 4th here in Las Vegas, Champions Week. And uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, MVPs. Mark, great, great week for Las Vegas before we go. Chris Bryant. National League Rookie of the Year with the Chicago Cubs. Bryce Harper, uh, National League Most Valuable Player with the with the, the, the Washington uh, Nationals, and uh, now Kyle Busch, uh, the NASCAR Sprint Cup champion. So that's been a that's been a pretty substantial week for for us in Las Vegas, and uh, we congratulate them all and uh, uh, you know continued success to to all those for those guys that uh, took second or, or under. Try harder. That's that's what got these guys there. So uh, any last uh, parting words? But just uh, waiting for the burnout. All right, I'm going to start. And national I'm, final rodeo. I'm going to start celebrating for my birthday. Oh, and and the NFR is coming too. Yep, Cowboys. So okay. Cowboys. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to open a beer and start partying for my birthday. Uh, okay. I've got uh, how many hours? Oh yeah. Shit. I've got. You know, it was it was. 
I was born at 12.13 at night, so uh, I'm looking like we have 12 hours and three minutes left here, and then at 12.13, we start counting the next year, so <laughs> you going to come over and have a beer? Uh, we're going to do it tomorrow, aren't we? I think we should. We're going to do it tomorrow, yeah. Strip, strip on our future. Yeah. We'll see you. Yeah. brother. All right, Mark. <laughs> Thanks all yeah, to, to, to listening and abiding us. And <laughs> we're going to see movies. Okay. Let's go now. Can we do the KJ system? <laughs> Maybe throw a pitch of tent. <laughs> I always do that at strip clubs. <laughs> but I think that's a different tent. All right. Well, for all of us here uh, at Good Sports, we appreciate you listening and 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 thank you so much for uh, for being fans and being friends with us. And uh, uh, have a wonderful, safe, happy Thanksgiving. And we will talk to you next week for Mark Anthony. I'm Rick Rosen. God bless. Take care. Bye.